What we need to remember for PPI is that these are the prices that businesses are paying, right? Wholesale price supplies, uh, suppliers charge for their products. So if businesses are paying more for their products, they pass those prices on to the consumer. That's why this is a good piece of data for the Fed to look at because it gives them insight or some tea leaves to read for the upcoming CPI print the following month. If businesses are paying less, then those prices will get passed down to the consumer. Consumers will pay less. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, relax your mind, and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. Mm, mm, mm. Welcome mm. back to the show, everyone. Saeed, say hello to the friends, the family. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Because we know nobody else listens to the show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> nobody else. Thank you for joining us. Well, this week we've got a lot of bank stuff, but the bank stuff has implications for you. So don't tune it out just because it's all about banking. But there's a lot of banking in here and a lot of data which impacts banking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so CPI came out. U.S. consumer prices rise moderately. PPI was actually a pretty good read considering, too. We'll get into a little bit of that. The retail, which comes out tomorrow, Friday. Yes. Mm -hmm. And there was a little bit of producer pricing in between. There is also a big, big thing happening tomorrow in addition to the retail numbers. Bank earnings. Bank earnings. The biggest banks report tomorrow. We got a list of that. And mm -hmm. we'll talk about how that rolls out for everyone else. Mm -hmm. And exactly how much in deposits U.S. banks lost. It was the most in a decade. Right. We'll do actually a deep dive on some of these CPI, PPI, and OPP. OPP, man. Sometimes you got to get in there. And then, you know what, just for shits and giggles, remember that one case we talked about? A little company called Frank? Oh. Their uh, CEO, uh, Miss Javis, I believe. Miss Javis. Charlie yeah, Javis. Charlie Javis. She, uh, she has got the biggest balls I've ever seen. Man, the audacity of the this. The audacity. How many balls have you seen, Chris? I've seen a lot of balls in my life, man. Honestly, I've been to a lot of gyms. Yeah, based on all the balls that I've seen. Yeah. Hers are clearly bigger. She's got the biggest ones. Unfortunately, the Department of Justice has uh, something to say about those balls, and we'll we'll, we'll uh, cap the episode off on a little crispy dive down. Don't do this, or you'll go to jail lane. Yeah, fuck around and find out. <laughs> fuck lane. around and find out. Charlie found out. <laughs> Wonder how that lawsuit's going to go for her. <laughs> All right, so the U.S. consumer prices rise moderately. Underlying inflation is still quote too hot. So on April 12th, U.S. consumer prices barely rose in March as the cost of gasoline declined. 
This is going to be a big contention point in the next couple of months because of things that are OPEC has done. OPEC has cut back in the oil supply, which should impact gas, should impact goods. But stubbornly, high rents kept underlying inflation pressures simmering, likely ensuring that the Federal Reserve will raise rates again next month. Although I am on team pause, <laughs> the consensus as of right now is still 25 basis points. 70, around 70% of the people out there are ex expecting a 25 basis point increase. So continuing on in the Reuters article, nevertheless, the mixed report from the Labor Department on Wednesday offered some encouragement in the fight against inflation. We're fighting against inflation. Right. Service in, services inflation showed signs of moderating rents, though still high, rose at their slowest pace in nearly a year, which for those of you who are uninitiated means there is a clear and palpable deceleration in the economy as it relates to rents. Right. So if we remember correctly, February CPI came in at 6%. Mm -hmm. March showed 5%. Which I thought was a great number considering. Considering, but if you took a deep dive and we look at the Fed's preferred gauge, mm, oh yeah, core, core inflation, yeah, PC. you know that's where they strip uh, strip out food and energy. Mm -hmm. That actually came in, actually increased month over month, five point six. So, but here's here's my thoughts. Okay, so five point six is the preferred metric, the core inflation, right? core inflation, uh, PC. No, no, so or, CPI's core inflation. CP, yeah, sorry, whatever. Yeah. Um. So do you think that they're going to say, hey, you know what, 25 basis points, and we hope that drops below 525, a terminal rate? I think, I think the reason why they're going to increase another 25 basis points is wow. because... Foregone conclusion they're going to increase? Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is, this, and I mean, it is baked in, so I get that. Yeah. Actually, remember, remember what projections actually went... Initially, the projections were from you know, 5.1 to 5.4% for the longest time. Mm -hmm. So increasing another 25 basis points to what would now be five and a quarter, if that does happen mm -hmm. on May 3rd, then it would have fell in line with that. But projections actually started to drop and it stayed around, you know, 5%. So this will be the first one where everyone's expecting a hold. A lot of people are betting on the pivot coming in July, you know, definitely by September. So this is where people are really going to start paying attention, seeing why. So let's get into actually some of the stats behind uh, CPI that I thought were really interesting. Let's see the breakdown of the year year over year stats. Energy prices were were down six point four percent from a year ago. But you know I, why? I do see that changing. You know why though? Because uh, oil companies stopped being greedy assholes over the summer. Russia invaded Ukraine mm. end of February of last year. There you go. What happened to oil back then? This, is, this, this time last year, gas prices were going crazy. Yeah, they went up. Went right. Up. So that's why energy prices are down 6.4%. Electricity is up year over year 10.2%. Hmm. So that's, that's crazy. Mind you, we right? all pay for electricity. Right. Every single day. Utility gas services are up 5.5%. So when you factor in that gasoline factor, which is really the component that brought energy prices down, gasoline is down 17.4% year over year. Right. And how this that component of it all gets impacted based on the Saudis and OPEC saying that they're going to, you know, reduce the amount of production remains to be seen. Services X housing up 7.1% year over year. You really went down this pipeline pretty deep, huh? So deep down the whole down, pipeline. Down the pipeline. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> uh, so this this is actually the current component that the Fed is most focused on. Mm -hmm. They are. 
because it, when they first started tackling this whole inflation topic, right, it was a, mainly in goods. Now, goods inflation is down and services remain high. Why does it, why does it remain high? Because labor market still very strong. And there is growing concern and a growing chorus of people now that are concerned that you're going to see a pivot back to goods inflation and service inflation come back the other way as unemployment changes. Very well could happen. Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. So, you know, the strong, la- the strong jobs report that we saw in March, we added, I think it was like 230,000 jobs, um, you know, and we've been seeing that strong labor market. So, and so much so that unemployment went down from 3.6 to 3.5%, right? So that number is going to remain high. We already know, and we also know shelter inflation was up 8.2% year over year. You know what I'm hearing more and more right now? It's pissing me off to no end. Mm. There's now people on social media that are like, hey, <laughs> home values in my area are going back up, man. Yeah. I had a guy from Atlanta talking to me today, and he's like, yo, like prices are going up, man. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, another guy in L.A. who's a huge, prominent realtor saying, like, yo, prices are going up. Where's the recession? I'm waiting, bro. TikTok. Yeah, where's it from? Hey, listen and, to Jim uh, Cramer. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Cramer. I'm not I, seeing it, man. I have got a piece on him tonight, man. We're going to open up another can of whoop ass on Jim Cramer. And I almost feel bad. So bad I didn't mention the intro. Mm-hmm. But I mean this with all sincerity. I don't mean to be disrespectful to anybody, but fuck Jim Cramer. Dude, honestly, yeah. Jim Cramer has become public enemy number one for the higher standard. Yeah. He's, he's... replaced Dave Ramsey. Yeah, we, we removed the book. Yeah, we removed the book. Actually, where the fuck did the book go? You don't know where I, I put I hit that you book. You hit that book, didn't you? <laughs> it's it's under your chair. Is it really? <laughs> I was looking for weeks for that damn book. You're, sitting, that you're sitting right on top of Dave Ramsey. <laughs> well, I hope he has a good view of my asshole. Then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Jim Cramer is uh is is honestly I mean, trolling is one thing, mm-hmm. but now he's cursed the real estate market. Oh, no. He, he's came out and fucked everybody. So I just okay, want you to we'll, know. We'll get into that. Whatever happens next, it's not going to be because of the Fed. Right. It's not going to be because of monetary policy mm-hmm. or, you know, political environment. It's going to be because Jim Cramer fucked you over, man. Right. And that shelter component of the report we know covers approximately 33, 34% of the entire report, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, rent or rent, rent equivalent. Yeah. Right. Rent, rent equivalent. The problem with that number that's being reported, there's two main problems with that figure, or I don't, maybe not a problem, but how it's being calculated and considered, right? Number one is they don't report monthly. It's Did every you get a haircut today too? Yesterday, man. I told you this. Don't, don't. Opening a can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that, now that we're recording live on camera, ready to don't record. do this. You get ready to record. What a piece of shit. Hey, man, listen. Show notes on a hold different on, level on. today. Like, don't make it seem like I don't get weekly haircuts. The whole time I'm sitting here going like, God damn, he seems prepared tonight. God damn, he looks sexy. <laughs> What's going on, man? Why do I got a stiffy? <laughs> damn it. Damn it. <laughs> um, so two main problems with the shelter component of this report. The numbers that get factored in trickle in over six months at a time. That's, mm-hmm. they, they get reported six months at a time and it's not all at once. It's based on region from region to region. Problem number one. Problem number two, they use existing contracts in place. They don't take what's currently going on in the market. It's whatever contracts are currently in place. So rent, rent equivalent, right? It's whatever is currently in place. That's the survey that they're getting. Yeah. So if rents are coming down and they're being on the market for lower than what people are actually paying, that's not being considered. 
So that's why there's such a huge lag when it comes to this. That's why I look at people who are talking about there was uh, 3,200 units, multifamily units that were foreclosed on in Texas. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Misa. Yeah, yeah, Misa gave us the article. I happened to see it actually before, but that's cool. Don't too. wow. No, she sent it to me afterwards. I'm like, the first thing I said was I saw it. But anyway, the first thing I thought of was somebody fucked something up. Mm. Like you should not have defaulted that fast. Yes. I mean, something could not have gone wrong. And there's some like loose underwriting standards. A lot of people in some of those states underwrote to pro forma, especially in the conduit, like the secondary market circuits where mm -hmm. where it's not like a bank, it's a lender who's doing custom everything for you. Right. Sometimes they get a little creative. They wanted some business, right? They're competing against banks, they're competing against insurance com insurance companies. So they get a little creative. And sometimes that creativity, which is like underwriting to what you could get in the future, sometimes that's a guess. And that right. guess is wrong. It sounds like <laughs> I guess is bad. <laughs> yeah, it sounds dead like ass that's what happened. Yeah, dead right. ass wrong in this case. I'm going to add a dog park, man. It's going to add a tremendous amount of value. It'll yeah. increase the rents, $50 a unit. Oh, God. I've heard that one too Everybody times. likes dogs. Yeah, dog yeah. park one's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that being said, I, I hear some of this stuff in the markets. So I'm thinking to myself, it's too early. Mm -hmm. It's too early. I know we, I know we think that rent's going to come down. I know we think that home value's going to come down. I know some people are experiencing that in places like San Diego or places like uh, San Jose. Yes. But truly, we're, we haven't seen it yet. Mm -hmm. This is all tip of the iceberg stuff. Right. Yeah, so. exactly. And then the last component uh, that we'll get into is food. So food is actually up 8.5%. So on the Fed's preferred metric or gauge that they like to look at, this component gets stripped out of core inflation, right? Food and energy. Because who needs to eat? Yeah, who needs to eat? But the reason behind it is because it's too volatile, right? It can swing up and down based on God knows what. Like if, let's just say, for instance, you know, a lot of, a lot of chickens out there get sick. Prices of eggs start to go up. It's not a true, accurate or depiction of what's really going on. That that's that's what what they're saying, and that's how they view. It. But although we have to make pay for this, every I think month. that's a very questionable example. No, a lot I mean, of chickens get sick. Isn't that what's going? Isn't that the why the prices of uh, eggs are up? I feel like mad cow disease would be a better reference, but that's fine. Okay. No, that's not the current reason why. No, that's not the current reason why. Yeah. Okay. So food is up eight point five percent year over year, month over month. It actually stopped going up. When you compare it, mind you, all of this shit, mm -hmm. food, electricity, <laughs> yeah. gas, everything's up, is all up and it's up higher than the average. It's higher, higher than the total. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, prices of meat fell, uh, fruits and veggies fell, eggs actually fell too. So um, carnivores everywhere are like, yes. Right. Exactly. Meanwhile, the vegans are like, shit. I know. So, but mind you, like, like we said, the component that the Fed is really looking at is services inflation and we got some info on that for you from jobs well you, you like wrote the whole show out in your head didn't you oh job you next you're ready to go i, I, I read no, the i know it's a segue but i'm just saying that like, was that, you, was, you, that you was, came, was a lot for you you the came. show is now called site omar and co <laughs> <laughs> he's alive <laughs> does that make you co too <laughs> yeah <laughs> no just can't just can't prepare with the stats yeah Okay there, Chief. So this, according to Reuters, the number of Americans filling new claims for unemployment benefits increased more than expected last week. Mm -hmm. Further evidence that labor market conditions were easing as higher borrowing costs dampened demand in the economy. Mm. So you can see how not only is monetary policy now increasing unemployment, Mm -hmm. At least that's the that is effectively the goal. I hate to say it that way because it sounds like you're taking a bad thing and making them what would they want, mm -hmm. but it's a byproduct of the Fed monetary policy. Yeah, and with banks now kind of being in this questionable status and higher borrowing costs as far as interest rates go, it's freaking people out. Right? Are they going to get loans? Is there available credit? Is it free flowing? So this all 
acts as kind of a way to pull back on consumer discretionary spending. Mm -hmm. The slowing momentum in the economy was underscored by other data from the Labor Department, as Saeed referenced earlier, on Thursday, showing producer prices unexpectedly falling in March, right. with underlying producer inflation subsiding. Still, the labor market and inflation are not cooling fast enough to stop the Federal Reserve from the goddamn motherfucking 25 basis point rate increases. That's actually what the article says. That's what it, I can't next believe month. it. I mean, damn. Goddamn motherfucking rate increases damn. next month. That's Reuters, crazy. Reuters, Reuters, Reuters getting... came hard. <laughs> They're real hip to it. From damn. the article titled, U.S. Weekly Job Loss Claims Increase and Fuck the Fed. Why would it oh, say that? Why? I can't believe it That's said so fuck. That's so mean. Can you believe they said fuck the Fed? That's God wild. Damn. Reuters, that is inappropriate. Unbelievable. And really, I mean, there, there's somebody the show, over there. You should check. You know what you do? You should check the show notes and read the article. You That's should check you the show notes and read the article. I'm disappointed in Reuters. <laughs> Usually a great outlet, but today <laughs> seemed very condescending and rude. Damn, right? So these so these numbers. So last week, jobless claims were at two hundred twenty eight thousand. It got unrevised, so that number remained the same. This week, up to two hundred thirty nine thousand. Not a whole not a not a whole lot of change there. Continuing claims actually uh, fall to one point eight one million from one point eight two million. Yeah. So I mean, not a huge drop off as far. Not a huge drop, and definitely not definitely not what the Fed wants to see. I mean, okay, look. The Fed doesn't want too many jobs to get lost all at once because what they're still aiming for is this quote-unquote soft landing. Are they really aiming for that now? We're going to talk about the Fed minutes in a little bit. Oh, I got a lot there. Yeah. I don't know that they're really aiming for a soft landing anymore. I think they're quietly behind the scenes saying like, well, we fucked that up. Yeah. There's a whole lot of stuff that contradicts itself in that in those Fed minutes. There, And you know what? The way it was reported on, everyone was like, holy shit, they said recession in the minutes. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. everyone like lost their fucking minds. As if like that hasn't been on the table. Yeah, I know. They were like, wait a minute. They're, they're talking about a recession now? Yeah. And I'm going to say this now. And I, I just want... This is me vulnerable. You vulnerable. So I don't want you in a room taking like, liberties. Like at like laser hair removal vulnerable or... Laser hair removal on my ass and answering a phone call while you call me vulnerable. <laughs> vulnerable. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Extremely open. <laughs> Wide. Open. Wide open. Yeah. Which, by the way, nothing is more life questioning when you're holding your own stuff open while somebody lasers it. Because <laughs> nobody <laughs> so does it for you. How, so how was she lasering it when you answered the phone call? Oh, I, I removed a hand, which is what upset her. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I'm sure once I went, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't ideal. But anyway, so I watched. I was, watching, I was going through social media a couple nights ago. I couldn't sleep. I haven't been sleeping very well. Mm. And uh, I saw Grant Cardone on a podcast. God damn it. And I've never agreed with Grant Cardone. And God damn it, I agreed with Grant Cardone. No. I had to check. The, I was like, what fucking time is it? Am I high? I, mean, like, I, a, I was very confused. Even a broken clock is right two times a day. Don't Peter Schiff me, bro. That, I will slap what? the shit what out of you. That's not, Peter Schiff didn't come up with that quote. That was, no, Peter Schiff is, is, honestly, is constantly saying that. So is Norio Rubini, Pimp Hip Hooray. Okay, see? You so know. give me, yeah, Norio. Shout, shout out to all the ladies out there he's killed. <laughs> <laughs> Noriel, man. Yeah, illegal hot tub, Noriel Rubini. Yeah, exactly. Dr. Doom and Dr. Boom. We didn't know. <laughs> now yeah. we know. Yeah, the Boom Boom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it said Noriel Rubini's house. <laughs> he calls it the Fed. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, so Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone was saying, I think we're already in recession. I think we've been in a recession. I think they're gonna, we're going to look back and declare this time period of recession. I've lived through three or four of them at this point in time. And, and honestly, everything we've seen over the last year reminds me of recession. Right. And I was like, God damn it. Yeah. 
Why are you fucking? I hate you. Why are you? Why are you making me agree with well, some shit you said? Especially he he's one of one of the set. Now he was pimping that to get people to say, "Hey, invest in me." Yeah, he, that's how you he was, that's how he's flipping it. But definitely the market that he's in, the sector that he's in, is very interest rate sensitive. So extremely, he, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna be one of the one of the people that feels it first, right? Especially with you know tighter credit uh, lending practices going yeah, on right yeah. now, and you know credit flows shortening, right? So. For sure, he's going to feel it. The most. Well, certainly, where he's going to have to refinance some of these properties at some point in time, yeah, and get people into loans, and he's going to have to do a capital raise because a lot of these loans at higher interest rates, you're mm-hmm. not going to be able to refinance. You have to bring right. more money to the table in order to get the debt service high enough right. to to make it work. And probably the one of the reasons why you know they're required to have their investors meet a certain threshold for having such a higher net worth because of instances like this where. They may need to bring in more capital, right? Oh, the accredited investor status. Although yeah. that's really like a sham, man. I know. It, it should there, there should be more due diligence. Way more due diligence. There should be like a de minimis across the country. It's uniform no matter what state you're in, no matter where you're at. If you want to invest in something, an accredited right. investor means X. Yes. And it's not. It's very nebulous. It's very fluid. It changes. Mm-hmm. They'll call you and be like, oh, do you have this? Isn't this? Okay, send us this. And great. All right, great. Thanks. You're qualified. Right, and it should be like you should be able to evidence two hundred fifty thousand dollars in pure liquidity that makes you an accredited investor. That right. would cut off a lot of America after your investment, or including your no, investment? including your investment. Okay, like you should you should be able to say like I have two hundred fifty k liquid. Yeah, I have that. I'm an accredited investor. Like I can right. I can risk it. And it, I mean I know it sounds stupid, but that would cut off a lot of people. But there's a lot of loopholes in the policy. Yeah, it's just kind of kind of weird. Yeah, so. held at a bank not named Silicon Valley. Ooh. Ooh, rest Too in peace, R.I.P. Shout R. R. out to the homies out there. We gonna pour some alcohol out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we gonna drink it. Stupid. <laughs> Don't be stupid. <laughs> do you have anything more on uh, labor market? We're we going to uh, U.S. I do have stuff. I do have stuff on the labor market that we'll get into when we dive into the Fed minutes. You want to skip to the Fed minutes? Go to the Fed no, minutes. no. Let's let's talk about what well, what's really good about producer price index is because so if we get this like good print with CPI that we just referenced, I guess. Full CPI, not core CPI, right? Having a a print of PPI that follows that is a good sign for the upcoming CPI report that's going to come next month. Yeah, but here's my problem: is like on a macro level, when you look, take it, you know, thirty thousand foot elevation look, and you're like, mm-hmm. the whole point of us being so hyper focused on these numbers right now, yes, in in a way that most people are like, most people have not really spent much of their life thinking about CPI. They're like, yeah. oh, inflation's this, PPI, like whatever. They're like, oh, producer price index. What does that mean? I don't know. But now people are hypersensitive to this because the Fed has said more and more over and over again, we are really data driven. Yes. So everybody, including us, including mm-hmm. you know people out there in the general population, are now spending way more time than they had historically Damn. looking at this data. You just referenced the listeners as general pop. Gen pop, baby. Yeah. Myself included, man. I, I honestly, as a banker, I hate to say this because it's turning it's you know turning a frown upside down. Mm-hmm. But this economy over the last year has really improved my skill set. Oh, you're telling me? Like I've been, I've learned so much in the in the last year that it just kind of goes along with when I went into college. It was during the Bush administration, and I took such a liking into it all that I was a political science major. I was like, "Oh man, this shit is getting crazy." Patriot Act, all this, right? So I got really into it, and I considered it like pre-law before I went to law school. I just at the time, most people were political science majors at to go into law school. I'm not allowed to comment on this matter for reasons that I cannot disclose on the show. <laughs> 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 so, I don't know where this is going, but I'm asking you after the show. 
<laughs> no, nah, man, I know your family still hates me because you didn't go to law school. No, I mean, I went to law school, but then I dropped out of law school. So yeah, I know they, they blame me for that. That's no, they don't blame me. Who's fault they, is that? They don't blame the, me. See, for that. see, like that right there. He's yeah. related to you. Honestly, That's your family. Honestly, it's fucked up how you made me drop out see, of law school. See, don't do, don't do that, <laughs> dude. Don't do I that. Can't don't I can't do that believe, on a documented dude, show. They, all they wanted me to oh, be. Oh, don't do that. All That's they, fucked up. All they That's wanted me up. to be was an attorney, bro. How did you? Why did you do this? Or he came over to my house one night. Oh, don't. Yo, Chris is offering me a job. I don't know if I should do it. Yeah. So middle of law school. So I don't need this on my soul, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is on your soul. But yeah, to your point, this all this has become really interesting because we know these are the these are the things the Fed is looking at. You know, month over month, and the four components that they're looking at for people that are you know just checking in because I know you're watching this on YouTube. Hey. hey. Um, the four components that they're looking at at their next meeting on May third. Is the CPI report from March, the jobs report from March, which we already know these both these, mm-hmm. bank stability, it has it stabilized? Is there still a crisis? What's which going on? We now on? know more is their focus because of the last Fed minutes. Because of the minutes, yeah. right? And lastly, credit flow. They want to. They're looking at you know. I didn't understand that one to be honest with you. I got it, I'll, and I'll break it down to you when we, when we get to the Fed minutes. Did you just sun me, you motherfucker? Yeah, I got you. Hey, Daddy's here. Oh, he came in hot today. God damn it. What's wrong with you? I'm glad you s- make these cameras live. We're I'm not, glad you taking- set it off. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know what? We're not going to, this is not going That's on YouTube. It. We're not putting this on YouTube. Put this on YouTube, yeah, episode number one. I hey, yeah. hey, I need 10,000 likes and I get to slap Chris. That's what he said for the title, show. title of the show. I said no Chris such thing. Owned. Yeah, Chris gets owned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. I'm oh, fine man, with that. I wish, I wish everyone could have seen last night or the last time we were here. After we got done recording, we had the Laker game on, and we were just remember Aldrin and I were here just losing our shit while you were getting setting all this beautiful camera work up. I felt so we felt so bad. We left for like poor Chris. He had he was doing everything while we were watching the game. Did you guys actually say that? Yeah, we felt bad. You know, it'd be a nice thing next time is, is next time if you actually <laughs> fucking said it to me, not watch the game. We felt like, we felt terrible. Yeah, you didn't feel fucking terrible, you motherfuckers. <laughs> By the time I was home, I saw you guys on the camera fucking around and like watching the game. <laughs> Chris, well, you live so close. to I was I was live? this close. Did it send you a text? They won. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't have won, but yeah. you would have felt good if we told you, "Hey, thank you for doing all this. We're gonna keep watching the game." No, I'm saying like when you went home, you could have been like, "Hey, man." For the, listeners that do, for the listeners that don't know, Chris, Chris, very much so, like everyone else, wants to feel appreciated. You, you cannot take a compliment if someone no, does. I'm not very good so, at it. If, no. or a compliment, or if someone does 100% something, not if, some, good at if someone does something nice for you, like your response is always just like, "Oh yeah, man, don't worry about it. Yeah, thanks." I'm not good at it. I'm yeah. sorry. I, yeah. I'm like I don't know. So do you my hands me, you make when someone compliments you grab, me. You, yeah, you're supposed to grab my ass. That's thank you. <laughs> like I don't. Thank you for saying thank and you. And you got a whole lot of ass. We both know I can't do that with one hand. Come on. I know you're welcome. <laughs> like, that, that's, that's, just, that's it's like show more it. show more appreciation. Yeah, I got, I got complimented yesterday at work. Don't, don't make it. Don't. Don't. No, 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 okay. I got complimented for my ass. You're married, bro. This guy's crazy. Don't go to. I got complimented for doing something. I thought I was getting critiqued, so. I'm friends with this person. So I was like, fuck you. What did I do wrong? They're like, no, no, no. You did right. And I'm like, no, no, no. Fuck you. What did I do wrong? I'm mm. like, Chris, I can't take a compliment. Oh, you can't take it. I see where he's going. I thought he was going to go down the ass. I thought it. he was going to go. Yeah. How yeah. did you we were talking about ass? ass, ass yeah, yeah. Oh, we that was a terrible segue. Yeah. Uh, 
Jesus Christ. I'm going to read the Reuters article. Oh, Reuters. Back to Reuters? I'm like an all Reuters <laughs> reference, by the way. Yeah, system. I saw that. You were, yeah, you I went just, on the webpage <laughs> and you just copy link. I, I was like, I like this one. I like this one. I like this one. <laughs> the show notes. <laughs> so this is also according to Reuters. Reuters. U.S. producer prices unexpectedly fell in March as the cost of gasoline declined. But mm. again, asterisk, OPEC fucked that whole thing up. So expect that to go back up. Yes, exactly. And there were signs that the underlying producer inflation was subsiding. Mm -hmm. The producer price index for the final demand dropped 0.5% last month. The Labor Department said on Thursday, data for February was revised to show the PPI, producer price index, unchanged instead of slipping 0.1% as previously reported. Mm. In the 12 months through March, the PPI increased 2.7%. Mm-hmm. That was the smallest year-on-year rise since January of 2021, which right. is a long time ago. It sounded like it was close, but it wasn't. Right. And followed a 4.9% advance in February. The annual producer price index rate is subsiding as last year's large increase dropped out of the calculation because it is a year look back. Yes. So I went through all these things, all these metrics, trying to really figure out, I mean, I'm doing what everybody else is doing right now. Mm-hmm. Is this enough to stop the Fed from increasing 25 basis points in May? I don't think so, man. I don't think so either. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so because core inflation, the number they looked at, and I, I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't expect inflation to be where it's at today. Oh, it's the CPI print. It, no, it, dro- no, it, it dropped. It, a lot it beat lower expectations. Than I, I, did, I did. I not think, think expectations it was going were 5.2 percent, and it came came in at five. But the number that they're looking at, core inflation, actually increased month over month. So that's. That's the tough part, right? And you know the main the main area services is what really ticked up. So what we need to remember for PPI is that this these are the prices that businesses are paying, right? Wholesale price supplies uh, suppliers charge for their products. So if businesses are paying more for their products, they pass those prices on to the consumer. That's why this is a good piece of data for the Fed to look at because. It gives them uh, insight or some tea leaves to read for the upcoming CPI print the following month. If businesses are paying less, which they have been, then those prices will get passed down to the consumer. Consumers will pay less. I am so fucking proud of you, man. What? I'm serious. I'm just, like, you know, I'm, just I'm proud, bro. Like, oh, thanks, man. I mean, from the guy who couldn't interview Tim Chiasano to, to this guy. Oh, man. I don't know who I would have called. I would not backhanded compliment. I would, right yeah, there. yeah, yeah. He had to, to remind the listeners. Like, <laughs> hey, 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 Tim Chisano. If you're, if you're no, watching this, no, he's not watching. Even if he did, he wouldn't know who the hell the fuck you are. This was the, this was the guy staring at you. <laughs> so for those for the people the people that don't know and that haven't heard this Tim story, will never talk to us again because you know you will. We're gonna bring his ass back yeah. on. We're gonna fly his ass out here. <laughs> the, for the listeners that don't know, we Tim is like, why is that guy staring at me this whole time? <laughs> we and by we, I mean Chris. Chris interviewed Tim Chiasano because he just thought he was a really cool dude. And to be honest, and he was a cool dude. He, yeah, he is a cool dude. Very, very much so. You cool would dude. know. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the worst part is I prepared so much for that interview. That's the worst. If you knew, if you knew the how prepared I was, we get on, we get on the interview. We talk to him right beforehand. We go live. We start recording. And Chris and Tim get into a nice flow. Okay. The conversation is good. And Chris is hitting them with follow-up questions to his initial question. So I couldn't ask the question that I want to get to. Next thing I know, it's 15 minutes in. 
and I haven't said a word. You just smiled and I'm just, mind yeah. you, mind you, it's a it's over Zoom. So he's looking at me, I'm looking at him. And he's just looking at me, look at him. He's like, he's probably thinking, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Say something. No, and I told him later on. You actually spoke to him after? Yeah, you ever see uh, KFC in, in Barstool? Yeah. No, no, no. I haven't. That'd be derogatory. I, I, right I have. I haven't seen any of any of the barstool. So there, there is a very common interview process where a gentleman sarcastically interviews a celebrity. And, oh, is that the guy with the long hair? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And okay. in between them, in the background, is a fat dude who eats ice cream. He doesn't say anything. He's ice cream. <laughs> so I told Jim Giazzano, you were my version uh, of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well done. Yeah. I said he's there for comedic relief. So yeah. So basically, the only thing I say in that whole episode, and this is not a lie, you can actually go back and and listen to this episode. The only thing I say to him is at the very end, I say thanks, Tim. <laughs> he's like, thanks for what, dude? He looked at you like, oh shit, he talks. Yeah, he's not mute, <laughs> fucking guy. Oh, oh shit. good times. Yeah. yeah, it was a good time. Tim will never come back on. Yeah, okay. we'll try. <laughs> you creeped him out. We'll try. <laughs> Episode forty-two. If anyone's wondering, oh. that's my guy. Oh. Yeah, good job, Doug. Episode forty-two. Good yeah. job, New Doug. Yeah. All right. Well, according to the Fed, mm. they expect a banking crisis to cause a recession this year. The minutes show they do, and this caused fucking pandemonium. A uh, CNBC article with that title. I'm going to read you some quotes. Do mm. with this what you will. Given their assessment of the potential economic effects of the recent banking sector developments, the staff's projection at the time of the March meeting included a mild recession. Mm. Mild. Mild. Starting later this year with a recovery over the subsequent two years. It takes a while. Fuck. It's, yeah, it's a long time. Projections followed the meeting indicated that Fed officials expect gross domestic product, GDP, mm-hmm. of just 0.4% for all of 2023. And given that we've already seen Q1 be positive, that means they expect some negative in there. Uh, well, that, that print hasn't come out yet, but the expectation is 2.2%. Yeah, the Atlanta Fed has the Atlanta Fed But that, that's now. actually fluctuated uh, quite a bit. Initially, it was like at 1.5%. Then it jumped up to 3.7%. Now down to Well, 2. then 2. allow me to finish the sentence before you get all snappy then. All right, then? All right. Uh, with the Atlanta Fed, because they have their GDP now, uh, you can yeah. track anytime. A first quarter gain is tracking for 2.2%. That would indicate a pullback later in the year. Huh. That sounds like what I just said to you right now. Yeah, it is. And I mean, a pu- huh. by pullback, what they mean is negative GDP growth. And what we know, two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. No, no. The White House said that is not a recession. I know. And Enber, everyone over at Enber has been sleeping in their little nap pods. They're not doing any work. <laughs> <laughs> they, they haven't gotten their privileges taken away yet. Yeah. They're like, shit. You know what? I feel bad for Meta. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll just take these nap pods yeah. off their heads. <laughs> You know, that's what's going on. That's they're, what happened. They're not putting out reports. That's what they're not doing. <laughs> yeah. That, that crisis had caused some speculation that the Fed might hold the line on rates, but officials stressed that more needed to be done to tame inflation. Mm. All right. Fed minutes. 
ready to dive into some uh, of these. Hit me with a good so, shot. Some, some, yeah. of these, some of these quotes. So several members wanted to raise interest rates still by 50 basis points, even after all the banking turmoil. Neil Kashkari. Yeah. Kiss my ass. Yeah, fucking cash. You, you know, know, he was yeah. first row. Yeah. He, he was like, hey, man, I ain't about this shit. Let's you, go. Kashkari. 50 basis points. Yeah, you cash his fist to your face. Yeah. He Kashkari. Was, he was like, I'm Iranian. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah, I'm slapping the shit out of you. <laughs> no, you're not. We don't claim you anymore, bro. So, yeah, no more, right? So, they still wanted to, but due to the banking crisis, they didn't, and they went to 25 basis points instead, from what we can remember. Quote, participants would have considered a 50 basis points increase in the absence of the recent developments of the banking sector. Participants agreed that recent banking developments factor into the committee's monetary policy decisions. Mm. So remember we talked about this. Like We did. It was speculation at the time, mm-hmm. but it seems like it was accurate. There's a lot of prints going on at that time where they're yeah. like, no, we need a reverse course from, from 25 and take it back up to 50. But based on everything going on with Silicon Valley Bank, with Signature Bank. And... There's a lot of finger pointing around all those things still. A lot yeah. of like, people blaming everybody else. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, be- because of those banks? Yeah. And because of that, they decided to drop it down 25 bits, which I'm glad because they knew part of their job is to maintain financial stability across all markets. That is part of their job. 100% it is. But yeah. I would argue that there's clearly some differences in how the regulatory agencies and the regulatory bodies perceive that to be done. Okay. So I think the Fed, again, they have the connection to monetary policy as well as regulation. Whereas the FDIC is more insurance driven and they're mm-hmm. looking out for the depositors. Right. So there's clearly a separation of interest there. And I wonder if after all this, part of the reform that you typically see out of after recessionary economies mm-hmm. might be an aligning of regulatory expectations. Yeah. How do we get these people on the same page? They, have, they all have good regula- regulatory guidance, but how do we drive their motivations to be the same? Right. Right. Um, and then... Furthermore, in the in the Fed minutes, they actually go into bank turmoil. Fed minutes will be limited to a small number of banks with poor risk management practices. Okay, so this came from Michael Barr. Okay, and I want to say right now, from the bottom of my heart, to Michael Barr, if you're listening, fuck you very much. I yeah, appreciate uh, you. Fuck you all the way. Yeah, all the way. I hate you. You're an asshole. Twice. He on also Sunday. said, Vice Chair Supervisor Michael Barr said that the banking sector is quote sound and resilient. Yeah. Staff economists said the economy will take a hit. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's sound and resilient. Sound, yeah, exactly. Let me make. Let me. Let me just. Let me throw out some high level banking okay. shit in a really truncated, very common way. Okay? okay. Okay. Let's just say, mommy and daddy, the regulators, have spent their life taking care of you, their kid, the bank. Okay. By preparing you. For how to swim in a pool. Yeah. Okay? That's the stress testing they had you do. Mm -hmm. Okay? If you can swim in this, you're fine. Right. Okay? And let's just say... Because banks are required to stress test their portfolio. Stress test the interest rate risk. Yes. By 4%. Yeah. But when you increase rates, more than that, in a single year, you've blown out the stress test. Yeah. You know what you did. That's like throwing your kid in the deep end saying, you know what? I know you had two swimming lessons, but you should be able to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's going to no, drown. And no, it's like, te- no, you know what it is? It's like throwing your kid in the pool, you, you know how to swim, and then turning on the wave pool. 
Yeah. That's what that's what it is. Better take, reference. Take Better them, reference. Taking yeah. them to raging waters and be like, yeah. all right, go swim in the wave. I taught pool. you to swim. Why can't you right yeah. away, what bro? What's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. You knew this was coming. It's your fault. Yeah. You know, look at that kid. He's sound and resilient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's also fat and he floats. <laughs> his name's JP Morgan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chill. That, yeah, it goes his name's Jamie. Yeah. 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 Meanwhile, Jamie Dimon smoking a cigar, having somebody roll him on his yacht to the waves. Yeah. Yacht Ooh. so big, the waves don't hit. Shout out to the old-time listeners. Yacht it up. Yacht it up. Yeah. Well, during this time, there was also more challenges, and I know you want to talk more about the minutes. Well, I had, a little bit, I had a little bit more on the minutes, but based on what they just said right there, this is what I don't like about that portion of the minutes. It wasn't just that. It wasn't just bar. There was mm-hmm. a lot of people who said this shit. That portion right there of the minutes is what sold me on guaranteed lock 25 basis points. Oh, I, I'm pretty confident that's the case. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, there's basically what they're saying is the banking system can handle another 25 basis points because of all the sectors right now, banking system is the only one that looks like it's on the verge of cracking. Yeah, right? man. I mean, they're, they're straight up saying right now, like, look, mm-hmm. you will never get this. And they're saying the... Only the the banks with poor risk management practices will fail. Which so is such like, bullshit. It's like man. we know. Hey, I want y'all to know we already know some are gonna fail. No, that's clear. Yeah, that, that, that is absolutely. The minutes haven't said this, mm-hmm. but it. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say this for the Fed because they clearly don't want to say it. Okay, are you ready? Ready. Room, turn the camera on me. I want to look at the camera and say this. Okay, oh, so, he's going to Stephen A. I'm going Stephen A. Yeah, right, look. I'm looking at you, America. <laughs> All right, look. The Fed wants a couple things to happen. You need to accept. Number one, okay? They want unemployment to rise. They want some of y'all to lose your jobs. They, they need it to rise. They need it to rise. That is a natural byproduct of increasing interest rates in the cadence they do. Number two, they want your home values to come down. Need it to come down. Need it to come down. If you want the Fed to hit the target rates 2 to 3%, mm-hmm. You got to have CPI come down, and it's going to come down further if that 34, 33% right. of rent rent equivalent comes down. But that will take time. It's a lagging indicator. Yep. Okay? They want a lot of things to happen. They want some impactful things to you. They want credit to tighten. Right. They want this cash flow that's out there, this money that's going around hand and you know, hand foot, like everybody can get free access to capital. They want it to stop. Mm-hmm. Part of this quantitative tightening means more liquidity out of the economy, which means less money for you and me. Mm-hmm. And they absolutely want a bank failure. And the fact of the matter is they're saying this on now in the minutes that it's likely to be a recessionary economy. Right. Newsflash, they were trying to cause a recessionary economy. They were just hoping that it would be a softer one than they're actually going to get. I don't care what anybody tells you. If someone slaps you on the ass, soft slap, hard slap, it's a slap on the ass. <laughs> it is a slap on the ass. And that's not that's not conspiratorial that they're trying to cause a recession. No, it's we, in the minutes, we, man. It's, it's in the minutes. And by the way, you don't have to keep focusing on me at this point. It's getting awkward. Just go it's, ahead. It's, yeah. Getting, <laughs> yeah, it's getting awkward. Yeah. But we already know there have been other Fed chairs that have intentionally tried to not only cause one recession, two recessions. Mm, double vulgar. dip. Vulgar. Yeah, double dip, huh. right? And quite frankly, I think Part of this has to do with them mentioning this in the Fed minutes is hopes that 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 message right there gets spread enough to where, hey, look, no more bank runs. We told you guys that banks were going to fail. It's not because they're low on liquidity. So that that's why I feel like they had to make sure that it got in the minutes. Yeah, but that's such a cop out bullshit way of doing it. Yep. And then I and I actually I think it. So 
Last thing I want to talk about for the minutes is. You want to get conspiratorial real quick? You want to do this real quick? We can do this. I don't think I don't think any of this is conspiratorial. How many community bankers have you seen on television? Yeah, none. It's been fucking Brian Moynihan and yeah, Jamie Dimon. Yeah, but I mean, there are few there are few community bankers that probably have the resume, right? Like you don't want. Them Why to, do you need somebody who has a resume? Get a get a community banker, a regional super regional bank. Mm-hmm. Get his ass on or her ass on 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 CNBC. I know, like one that's an attorney, maybe. Or like a broker, or I don't know any of those guys. Or, oh, or yeah. a general contractor. I mean, that would be that'd be a good start. I got to be honest with you. People look at that shit and they're like, "What do you do for a living?" I'm confused. Uh, someone that someone that owns maybe one or two or maybe a handful of Travis Scott sneakers. They understand what's going on in the mm, market. Travis, mm, mm. Travis. Yes, it ruins not even the right camera. Yeah. Camera one, bro. What you doing? Yeah. Camera one, hit the yeah. cut button. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. You, yeah. Yeah, but you don't got you don't have to call him out. We could have just edited and post. We got that feature now. I could have, but it's way more fun. <laughs> it's to way call more him fun out. to call him out. <laughs> right? So look, that's one aspect of it. And then the last thing I want to talk about with the minutes is credit flow. The minutes say they need to monitor data to anticipate a credit crunch. And they need to remain flexible on their decision-making process. But the Fed is using this as one of their tools because they believe if people cannot get loans to get cars, to buy homes, due to tighter lending practices, then what is what's going to happen? Demand will come down. So that's, that's why when we've talked about the Fed has the tool of raising interest rates, right? That, this is one of their tools. This is what they're anticipating to happen. That shit gets way. Like to point out a concept that you just dropped without knowing it. It also proves out that demand is driven by affordability. Yes. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was going to get to. If you let me finish my point, I like I like to call your point out for yeah, you. Yeah, you're good yeah. though. But yeah, like make stuff so unaffordable that demand comes down mm-hmm. because we know demand without affordability is not demand. Y'all window shopping. Yeah. You say window shoppers. Yeah, I drive. I walk. I I can walk by, drive by a Ferrari dealership all I want. But you know what? It, you know what? You know. You know what the sad part about it is? People mm. aren't window shopping. People are racking up crazy credit card debt. I know, man. No, my wife is one of them. <laughs> I'm not doing this for these. Shout people. out to my wife. Not, I love you, boo. Yo, true, 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 true story. I'm on the phone with my sneaker plug today, right? Okay. You got you got me the, the, the Travis does, Scott. Unreleased, Chris does. Right? Chris does have the sneaker plug of all sneaker plugs. I, I do. He he yeah. he's, he's, he's a, a good G. man. He's a good man. Yeah. And we talked today about real estate fund. Mm. We're talking blah blah blah, and he's like, "Hey yo, yo man, tell your wife I'm gonna have those sneakers to her as soon as I can." I'm like, oh, "I thought you already shipped them because I ordered you some Travis Scotts. So ordered me some. I ordered my wife Ooh. some some New Balances. Right, oh. two pairs of New Balances, two pairs." And he's like, oh, "He's like, no, no, the, the one she asked me about the other day." I'm like, "I'm sorry, what?" She backdoored no my own sneaker plug <laughs> <laughs> to get her own. She cut you out, dude. Rever- she wanted to get reverse mocha Travis Scotts. Are these, are these the reverse mochas? No, these are the olives. These are, these are unreleased See, until April, April 26th. Wow. The reverse, the reverse mochas are... I want everyone to know that it's, it's not a joke. Today's date, April 13th. These shoes right here come out April 26th. Yeah, they say that there is technically uh, 150,000 pairs available. I'd like to be the first to inform you that that is not true. <laughs> there is a hundred and forty-eight thousand nine hundred and ninety-eight pairs. My wife also has a matching pair. Yeah, you also did that math incredibly wrong. You said, <laughs> "Wow, bro, you cut it by an extra." Th- I'm not gonna let that slide. Did I do the math wrong? You said uh, there's hundred fifty thousand pairs, and now they have one hundred forty-eight. One hundred forty-nine, nine ninety-eight. <laughs> Sorry, my my apologies. You're a banker. 
Yeah. No. 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 I'm no. a lawyer. No. And a podcast host. Yeah. And an a, aristocrat. A, a mighty fine podcast host, too, sir. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Cheers to you. Cheers to you. All right. Speaking of cheersing, top U.S. banks to reveal $521 billion of deposit drops, the most in a decade. Mm. I know what you're thinking. What in the actual fuck? What? Uh, Bloomberg Business reported that the largest U.S. banks are about to reveal how they fared as customer deposits came under siege in the first quarter. Mm. And how are they about to reveal it? With the Friday, tomorrow, 14th, mm -hmm. earnings calls that are about to kick off. Earnings calls, all of the big banks. Yeah. And I have an article just after this, which will get, give you the names of the oh. ones to look at tomorrow. Yes. Why do you say, oh, yes. Because that's I know I know the article that's coming in after this. Oh yeah, I can't it, wait. It, it, I cannot wait for it. It's fire. It is fire. And real quick, before we go down this lane, if you're listening to us on Apple or on Spotify or on YouTube, you better be smashing that like button. You we got we got to say that now. We do have to say that now. Subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to the show. All of it. Leave reviews. Leave comments. Leave good comments. Good comments only. Yeah, I'm, it's going to be hard. And if they're bad comments, Arun, spelled H-A-R-O-O-N. Yeah. What What do you tell people how to spell it? <laughs> Baboon with an H. <laughs> uh, <laughs> For all my haters that listen to the show, that was his choice of description, not mine. By the way, all the fancy stuff that happens behind the camera, behind the scenes is all thanks to Odin. Yeah. I he mean, puts, he puts a lot of work in that you guys don't see. So we do want to say we do appreciate the edits. I, we got to find a way to get him visually more involved. Yeah. We got to get a camera set up right, right there at the desk. So therein lies the problem is we've got four inputs for the ATEM Mini Pro. Unless we mm -hmm. switch to the ATEM Extreme, which has got six, there can be no camera on a room. Mm. Which I'm happy to do. We can sell that one and upgrade. It's only a couple hundred bucks <laughs> considering we're blowing $200 a day on lenses and shit. I know. We spent $1,200 a day on lenses. We did. Did you look crispy? <laughs> so do you. Yeah, I got you. that new camera last week. So yeah, go ahead and leave us a review. That two cameras next to last week. Yeah. All right, deposits at J.P. Morgan, Chase, Wells Fargo, and Bank of America are expected to have tumbled 521 billion from a year earlier. And I know, I know, I know. Your first question is, Chris, what the fuck? <laughs> you said community banks are having all the money come out, and then it went into money market funds. Money market funds at these large account. Oh, I'm sorry, what large banks? Mm -hmm. And now they're out. Yeah. Where do they go? What's going on? They went into the funds. They went into securities. They went into higher earning assets. Mm, where cash is king. Cash is king. It used to be a couple of years ago, you get 1%. You're like, wow, 1%? Holy shit. Yeah. I'm getting 0.5% on my, on my savings account. I remember a time when people were excited over 2%. Yeah, now not so much. No. Now you're leaving serious dollars on the table. And despite popular belief, as much as there was a major outflow from community banks, and that is well-documented, the inflow to the large banks, the big mm -hmm. box banks, the yeah. globally systematic important banks, the GSIBs, if you see that acronym somewhere, that's what it means. Mm -hmm. well, they took a loss too. Yeah. Not because they were people worried about them failing, because they could get more money in treasury bonds. Mm -hmm. So they tumbled the biggest drop in a decade, according to analyst estimates, the decline, which includes a $61 billion slide in just the first quarter, comes as a late influx of cash flowing. Following a crisis, uh, regional lenders failed to offset the steady drain of customers to products offering higher rates. Mm -hmm. So therein lies the reference to treasury bonds and other products in, a, right. in the securities market you get. Yeah, exactly. And part of the reason why the Fed is going to be losing money for the first time in 100 years. Ooh, yeah. 
Yeah. While we're doing this, let's go on to the next article real quick. Arun, if you don't mind scrolling up on the show notes real quick. Of the banks that are going to report tomorrow, the biggest ones, Citigroup, J.P. Morgan, Chase, PNC Financial, and Wells Fargo and Co. Mm -hmm. Are scheduled to report the first quarter results on the open of the market tomorrow, Friday, April 14th. You didn't, you, but you didn't even mention the biggest one that people are going to be looking at. Excited mm -hmm. to see. What's that? First Republic. Uh, yes, they do report tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I am, uh, I'm not so excited to see that one. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm like, okay, meh, meh. Really? Yeah. I mean, at this point in time, they've borrowed a lot. I'm sure they've gotten a lot of like help. It's clear nobody wants them to fail. I don't think it really matters. You don't think it's going to matter on how, how they spin? It was the reason, the reason why? Well, here's why this works. Okay. For those of you out there. Pull behind land, the curtain. I will pull you behind the curtain. I know it sounds sexy that these people will get on a phone call and that they'll talk openly about what's happening in the company. Mm -hmm. But they have a third-party service, an operator service, that will allow people to ask questions. And then that service is monitored by somebody else. Mm -hmm. Essentially, only letting analysts they know will ask questions that they're favorable to or that they don't have any kind of hostility with ask questions. Got it. You're not going to get a dissident shareholder calling in asking a rogue question in most of these circumstances. Yes. You might get that at shareholder meetings and stuff like that. That's happened once a year. Mm -hmm. So in this case, I don't think there's going to be anything sensational there. And I think they're going to be very well prepared for this call. Okay. I hope so. So I don't think there's going to be anything like crazy there. Now, I will say whether they beat expectations, the street expectations or not, you know, I don't think it's really relevant. They've, they've had a lot of help. Yeah. Uh, for other people who didn't have as much help as them, I think that's probably. A I mean, the more. Fed's balance sheet did grow by four hundred billion dollars, so they yeah. did. They did receive some kind of help. Oh yeah. So the um, shit. I don't know the number. The I think it's like a hundred and sixty something billion that the Fed's uh, term loan program got yeah. tapped. Oh, okay. Their funding program. Right. Yeah, and there's a lot of controversy around that because if a bank were to tap into that like the TARP loans back in the day. The question is, is when do you report that on your public filings for a publicly traded company? Yeah. When it would be required. Yeah. How do people, how can people like differentiate between whether that was that or not? So the original interpretation was you had to report that on your next public filing. Mm -hmm. And now they're saying you got two years to report it. So two years from now you can report it. I don't know that it really matters one way or the other. All I can tell you is, is that you'll be able to infer a lot of things by if banks liquidity ratios drop yeah they're being required by the fed to pledge assets to the fed window to have access to more lines of credits because the fed is worried about mm -hmm. what could happen if another bank fails right so you'll see a lot of details like that that are out there in in the reported financials i don't think a lot of people will talk about yeah so it'll be interesting to see how these companies fare from an earnings perspective will they declare a dividend mm -hmm. Will they cancel their dividend? Right. Will they try to do a stock buyback? I don't think most people are going to let them do that. And the reason why is from a regulatory perspective, are you going to allow these people to spend their capital they have in an emergency fund? Yeah. And they're holding, you know, holding themselves to, to buy back more stock, limit the stock in the market, increase their share price. Yeah. I think the regulators are more concerned at this point in time with saying, you know what? Let's have these people just keep more cash on hand, more capital. Yes. So that they, they're prepared in a worst case event scenario that some other banks fail. Clearly the Fed minutes suggest if the Fed were to make that requirement, it more requirements for, for banks or institutions to hold, you know, more cash on hand. They essentially are. That's happening. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, it's happening. But let's say they, they, they come out and declare even more. I mean, how much notice do you anticipate them giving, you know, institutions? How much time are we talking here? Like, are people, are banks going to have to maybe, you know, realize some of those unrealized losses just to gain more liquidity on their books? At this point, no. That's why I think you're seeing a lot of people coming out in the press saying that the banking sector is stable and that there will be more bank failures, but mm -hmm. it's not systemic. Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of that's happening. Uh, the reason why is, so there's two different vehicles that are primarily being focused on for banks to help them out. Number one is they're the Fed window. Yes. If you pledge your securities portfolio to the Fed window, you're getting par value. So if you have $100 million in securities that are now valued at $60 million and you can borrow 50% of the value for a line of credit, yes. you get $30 million. The Fed window will allow you to get your par value, your $100 million, right. divided by half. So you get $50 million so in borrowing capacity. Basically, yeah, the the at its original value when you purchase them, Correct. not their current market value, yeah. which is like a huge handout. Yes. And they also have a term term loan that you can get or a term line that you can get from them where you can access their, their line of credit. Yes. So there's plenty out there to, to help banks that might be in that space that need the help. Mm -hmm. But what I'll say is, is I think the Fed's wrong. Mm -hmm. Bar in particular that is isolated to a couple of banks. No, it's not. The stress you put on banks is untenable. Right. That's why they're going to have to be forced to cut rates at some point this year, even though they said they wouldn't. Right. And hopefully, no one has to get forced to go to jail like Charlie Javis. You know, um, damn. God damn. She uh, she fucked around and found out. She she looks like an innocent, normal person. Dude, I've so. I listened to some interviews today. Yeah. Conniving, bro. Oh, 100%. Oh, my God. So conniving. You got very valuable on the oh, my God there. Uh, oh, my God. No, it was, it was oh, my God. That's still that's Valley not, Girl. That's, that's not Valley, Valley Girl. Girl. You don't even know. You're still Valley Girl. You don't even know you're Valley Girl. Oh, my God. Arun, vote, please. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he hates me. <laughs> he doesn't hate you. He's related to you, man. Come on. Valley Girl. Yeah. Mm. Charlie Javis. The prostitution rests. Yeah. Charlie Javis, according to Fortune, the founder accused of fraud by Jamie Dimon's mighty powerful J.P. Morgan. Little company made heard of. Is now arrested by the Department of Justice, who has filed criminal charges. This girl is crazy. Wait till you hear the story. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, if the Department of Justice <laughs> is filing criminal charges on you, I know we're innocent until proven guilty. You're fucking guilty, man. No, you're guilty. That's yeah. it. You're hey. going straight to jail right away. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, the Department of Justice, they're batting as close to a thousand. Yeah. As you're gets. if they're going after you instead of Grant Cardone, yeah. like you've <laughs> yeah. done some shit wrong. Right. Exactly. Right? You want to bless him with what she did wrong? Yeah. So basically what happened here is so she created a company called Frank. Which is a terrible fucking name for a company. Can we be frank about that? Because she oh! wasn't. Oh, I was gonna do it. I was gonna do it. Too. She wasn't being very frank, uh, right? With the amount of listeners, mine, mine is better. That's terrible. <laughs> with the amount of customers that she said that she had established. But basically, what her company did, it was supposed to simplify the college financial aid process. Mm -hmm. That's that's essentially what it was supposed to do. Which I didn't realize was so complicated. Anyway, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it can. I guess it can be. But let's be frank. But it, but. If, <laughs> But if you, if you, yeah, if you do, if you do your due diligence and, you know, you prepare, of course, it can't be done over a whim, like in one sitting, something you got to plan out, yeah, right? 100%, yeah. So, but here, this is, this is the crazy part. So 
let's let's back up a little bit. Why did Chase want to get involved? Okay. Why did Chase want to buy a company like this? They have a lot of community reinvestment, like community development needs. I think like it's that. I think it's I think it's way better than way easier than that. So why'd you ask me a question if you already had an answer? Because you do this move, to me bro? all the time. He was asking the public. You do, you you to do this stupid shit on the show. You do this to me all that I've learned. Yeah. Jedi. I've become the teacher. All right, go ahead, young yeah. Padawan. Yeah, young Padawan. Why they did it is because they want to get young 18-year-olds into their ecosystem early. Nah, that's not why they did it. 100% why they did it. That is not why they did it. They First, did it because they had community. Re- if, if there's anything we know, if there's anything we know, I know that I've learned because I working at Wells Fargo is big box banks want to make their customers into their ecosystem and make them feel like you're so interwoven that you will refuse that's to That's not just big box. That's all banks. Yeah, but I'm saying especially the big box banks. And if you can get them young at 18. That's how Apple works. Yeah. You want they want to get the subscription services. They want you to buy the phone. They want you to buy this. They want you to mm-hmm. buy that. They want you to buy the whole ecosystem. Once you're in the ecosystem, you're sticky. Right. Icky right. icky. You knew what I was doing. Yeah, no, I you, saw. That's why I laid it up. You laid you laid it up. Right. So she apparently claimed that the financial aid process for her was so hard. It was so hard. It it brought her mom to tears. Both her parents have master degrees. Her dad, her d- <laughs> hey. Check this out. Her I didn't dad, you're going here with this. <laughs> her dad, check this out. Her dad worked at Goldman Sachs. Stop it. Not lying. He's like, you know, I can do this analyst work all day long on and, these and high she, yield bonds. But... She portrayed herself to be this person that she's not. Jesus, these student loans are so hard. Un- unreal, man. Unreal. So basically, what happened here was she, she said that she had 4 million established customers using her platform. Mm-hmm. Okay? JP Morgan got wind of this. She knew exactly what to say to them, to pitch to them, to get them. She went to a college professor, and the college professor make those, those names, that, a file that looked like it was real. Right. So when in reality, she had 300,000 real customers. She had 300,000 real customers, right? Somebody uh, made like fake names, fake birthdays, even made created fake high school names for these 4 million customers. So that got her through the due diligence process. Which okay? is sad. She was, she was, she was going to make $45 million from this. Oh, bro, more. No, it's was, it was about $45 million. She had she a $20 million to... retention contract too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but he, this is the crazy part of that. This is how she got caught up. Okay. So the problem was when Chase wanted to market they want to start marketing after the deal. All those return emails came back. <laughs> All those return emails came back. But what happened was, what had happened. Can you imagine the asshole that sent those? Yeah. Woke up the next day, checked the application that you sent, the, like, yeah. that sent all that stuff out, and it was like, wait a minute. I didn't even know this was possible. Four million return emails? I didn't even know this was possible. But apparently what happened was, one of the Chase engineers that was reviewing uh, some of the Excel spreadsheets that she had sent over said, coincidentally, the Excel sheets she's she uh, sent over had the maximum amount of rows that you could possibly put in an Excel sheet and send over as a file. Like, mm-hmm. and he was like, "That he's like, that's weird. Like, it just happened to be the maximum number." Like, so he he they looked into it deeper, and then then they started to send out those emails, and everything started to make sense. They started to go back and find out through her systems that this was all forged. Mm. Unreal, man. Not unreal at all. Just sad really sad and of course she countersued jp morgan chase and then now she's getting sued by the doj and criminal charges are being filed i gotta mm-hmm. say 
your countersuit of J.P. Morgan Chase doesn't look so good. Right. The balls, man. But it's it's crazy, right? Like between between her girl from Theranos to Sam Bakeman Fried. Mm-hmm. When you have like elite people co-signing you, it's like almost there's less due diligence in the process. Like how how could a company like J.P. Morgan get tricked like this this far into it? I just want some elite people to co-sign the higher standard. I mean, can we get a sponsor? Oh, no, no, not even a sponsor. Yo, if you're a Kardashian listening to the show right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. I just need one like, like, oh my God, this show is amazing. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. I'm Peter Valley Girl thing again? No. <laughs> you do it much more now's, than I do. Now's the time. Now, now's on. the time. No, come on. I, I'm reserving that in case they're actually watching. All right, well, in the event that you actually feel like you want to do the Valley Girl thing, yeah. I've got a moment for I you. I mean, hold on. They, they also have Rob Kardashian. He might be. Is he alive? <laughs> I haven't seen him. He's been MIA. Arun, how's your brother in fat arms? <laughs> I'm going to mute your ass. <laughs> it was trying to be motivational. Dang. Oh, you brought up a Rob Kardashian picture. I, this is the sad part was when he started dating like Black China, I had no idea who that was. I didn't know who Black China was either. I didn't I had to like Google things and then now I know who she is because you know all this I figured it out. But right. that that's a weird relationship. It is a real relationship. I feel I feel bad for him. He's gotta be going through some stuff. I'm sure it's hard living in the shadow of all that stuff. Yeah, man. Almost as hard as being Jim Cramer every day. Honestly, man, he does it to himself. He does. And this is such a fucking... It's getting to the point now where I'm like, look, I almost want to find Jim Cramer mm-hmm. and have a conversation. A very frank conversation. <laughs> I saw what you did there. Yeah. I like it. According to CNBC, I came across the article. Mm-hmm. I had a really uh, upset stomach, indigestion, <laughs> and I was pooping a lot. Oh, this is Chris's excuse, everybody. I want everyone to know. No, no, no. I'll, I'll do this. No, I'm, do, I'm doing this. I missed the gym two days in a row. Yeah. you were, Of all people, you were the one that said, hey, guys, we're going on Mind Pump in 30 days. Let's all close our rings on our Apple Watches mm-hmm. for 30 days. Yeah. And all of a sudden, someone ends up with food poisoning. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I've uh, You should have logged it as a workout. That's what I, should, you <laughs> I was in there sweating my ass off. And while I was in there, I read this article, okay. CNBC, and I was it was having a very difficult time going number two until I read this. Okay, it came right out afterward. <laughs> you saw how much he was full of shit. According to CNBC, the Fed's efforts to fight housing inflation by hiking interest rates have backfired. Kramer says backfired, and I'm just going to read you some bullet points. Okay. Rate hikes have backfired on the Federal Reserve's efforts to fight housing inflation, Jim Cramer says, which is also the title. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bullet point number two. Yeah. That's because they've affected banks' ability to loan out to developers who in turn aren't able to increase available housing stock and reduce the cost of rent or value of the housing. What in the actual fuck is, is he, he talking to, about he's talking in circles it's circled thank yeah. you yeah i read that shit i'm like does it th- what yeah the fuck that makes absolutely no fucking sense and here's the part that bothers me yeah because i know you're on cnbc mm-hmm. but somebody had to like listen to this shit and then write that yeah and no one went like that's ass backwards so let me walk this through slowly okay yeah. because they've affected banks ability to loan out to Developers, well, no, they affected banks' ability to loan out to everyone. Yeah, 
but developers are part of everyone. Okay. Right. Uh, who in turn aren't able to increase available housing stock. I'm sorry. What the fuck does housing stock have? Yeah. Oh, it's a supply and demand argument again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they can't increase supply, the and demand won't come down? And reduce the cost of rent or the value of housing. How but, the fuck does that have anything to do with rent? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what he's trying to get at here. Now, that is know, such an ass backwards sentence. We, we know so far the reason why housing has remained higher and start and it's starting to come down is because of you know lower levels of inventory, right? But hey, after this spring, we're gonna find out exactly where we stand. July, baby. Yeah, I'm still a big proponent of July. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't. I'm not expecting we're not we're not expecting a great recession level crash or anything, but no, nah, fifteen twenty know. percent correction. Yeah, correction. correction. Yeah, which will still keep us above for some markets uh, above pre pandemic levels, um, but it, maybe it'll be more in line with where where they Although, should be at. Allow me to pontificate. Okay, SAT. Let's let's think out loud for a moment. If the Fed is saying that. There is a likely recession to start by the third quarter mm. of this year. Yeah. And that recession is likely to last two years. 2025. Yep. Yikes. Mm -hmm. If we're in a recession for two years and housing doesn't come down mm -hmm. during that time, we got a whole fucking problem. Yeah, exactly. That elasticity is gone. Yeah. No boing yeah. boing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> we don't have any boing boing, baby. <laughs> I know. Hey, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know Powell wants the boing boing. <laughs> Come on, man. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rune, oh, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> that boom boom room. That boom boom room. Uh, Noriel, <laughs> honestly, after all this is said and done, <laughs> and let's say we this podcast gets to where we, we want it to get to, mm -hmm. I want to hit up our boy Noriel. No, no, I, I got grander visions. Come on, Noriel. I want to go to the IMF like conference, <laughs> the world like financial conference in like Switzerland. Oh, yeah, Davos, yeah, yeah Davos, Switzerland. And I want to roll up on a private jet, a PJ, <laughs> PJ, got to. With with the hot tub in it, and invite Noriel Rabini <laughs> yeah. back to our illegal yeah, hot tub. I know on the PJ. Hey Noriel, fuck these losers. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's talk about boing boing and a boom boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you could have a panel. Oh man, who would you want on the panel? On the panel of what? Oh, like interviewing them. Oh, interviewing them. Oh, like some like true three some or true, four. Some oh. true gangsters. All right, I'll tell you. First of all, let me tell you who will who will not be on the panel. Mark Zandy. Mark Zandy yeah. out. You're out, bro. Yeah, Dave He's Ramsey. Like, hey, man, out. I, no, I, I would actually talk to Dave Ramsey. No, you would. No, on. I would. Come no, you on, man. Seriously, you wouldn't. You no, wouldn't, I would. You you want to grill him? I would talk to Ramsey. Kramer, I would talk to Cardone. Kramer. I would love to talk to uh, to Kramer. Ray Dalio, take him on. Even Ray, with, Ray even Dalio's getting a little principles. loopy though, man. Even with his principles. He's like on a yacht in the back of a yacht. Like I don't know what a yacht looks like. Yacht it up. Yeah. He's in the back of a yacht, like, and he's sitting there. I'm like, I don't know. I know people have been asking, man. <laughs> Come on, man. And they're like, you know, I, I just, I just want to talk to them. And he's trying to be like appealing and normal. Right. And I know he's dressed casual and shit. And I'm looking at him going like, you're on a fucking yacht. Come on, dude. 
Don't talk to me about like how people are suffering. I know. And he's always sometimes he's like on like the fiftieth floor of some like skyscraper building. Yeah. He's balling so hard at this point that he doesn't even know it. Yeah. He's like, Oh, this is not normal. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll have my butler change everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bridgewater, Bridgewater did him right. Yeah. Well, before he retired. Yeah. Give him um, company away. Let's see. Noriel would definitely be on there. Um, let's see who else we want on there. Which which one of the Jerome Powell gotta be on there? We gotta I would love to have him on. No. Come on. No desire to talk to Jerome Powell. Come on, you wouldn't want to know. Be like, listen, like what what tell me, give me the good good. Because he wouldn't give it to you. That's why. Oh. Nah, but we're assuming everyone's discussing in good faith. No, he'll write a book. <laughs> yeah. Who, of course who, he's writing a book. Who was that one guy we put the video on and he was like an older gentleman that just ripped crypto? Oh, Charlie uh, Munger. Yeah. Oh. How do you not well, know who Charlie Munger is? By the way, he looks fucking bad, man. I saw an interview with him the other day. No, but he may look bad, but his mind is sharp. His mind's sharp. But he How? Looks, How do they remain? He's like 90 years Dude, old. Dude, they man. have like ice cream and Coca-Cola's like daily. Yeah, this goes to show you, man. Like that extra body fat keeps you alive like polar bears. See, now you get what you see. What You see the vision. The vision that I have for us. <laughs> this, this, I see you and I. The next Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett. That's you and I, baby. Okay, so lots of questions there. Who's Charlie? Who's... Who's? No, no, no. I'm okay with it being either one. I mean, they're both balling out of control. We know. We already know um, who's who. Really? Yeah. Who are you? I'm Charlie. Why are you Charlie? I'm the I sassier one. I'm the one that come out that goes after the crypto heart way harder. You do ask the crypto way harder than I do. Yeah. Yeah. Cryptocurrency, $30,000 $30, we'll, for Bitcoin. We'll man. see what this next 25 basis points does to them. I don't think it's going to do anything. I think it's fine. All right. Kramer does it again. CNBC's Jim Cramer went out on uh, out of his way a month ago to warn viewers to stay away from Bitcoin. Since then, the Bitcoin price has gained about twenty three percent. He's unfucking defeated, man. Dude, this guy inverse Kramer fund, dude. I knew you get a kick out of that. It's it's unfucking believable how amazing he is at. I mean, at this point, he's got to be a genius. No, oh, like he's doing the opposite of everything he's saying. He, he can't be. You can't be this fucking wrong this much of the time i mean every even if you were just saying random shit that you thought was like, adverse you know what it is man i think we know he's in the ratings game and he's just leaning into this character that's all this is but dude he's gotta be fucking brilliant even if you're leaning into this character your character is fucking right <laughs> like yeah. every, every yeah. single time yeah his character is 100 percent wrong 100 percent of the time yeah I mean, it is fucking impressive. I mean, I, it, it's shocking. Yeah. The fact that he said that he doesn't see home prices coming down. Yeah. All y'all realtors out there, you ready for it? Here, listen to this. Yeah. That's a moment of silence for your home prices. <laughs> Jim it's Cramer, we, he, he does not miss. Doesn't miss. That's going to happen. Man. If for nothing else, if I can give you no technical explanation for why home prices are going to come down, if you disagree with me on supply and demand, that's fine. Mm -hmm. The Trump card, the one I can pull out and throw down on the table and say, aha, is Jim Cramer said it's not going to be unaffected. Done. You're done. Wrap it up. Boing, boing. Put a tombstone on it. That's boing, it. boing, baby. <laughs> boing, boing in the boom, boom. In the boom, boom. With your man, Noriel Rubini, a.k.a. Dr. Boom. Dr. Boom, man. Well, I think it's time we say goodbye. I think it's time. It, it, this, this episode's been a fun one. I, enjoy, I enjoyed this one. Did you enjoy it? It was a sexual undertones. And always with you. What? I Wait, just want to know just, what We can't it just is enjoy it. the episode? I just want to know what it is that you enjoy. 
It was just a good overall good episode. It was sexual undertones. Yeah. <laughs> good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you were listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.